Chapter 51 of Ancient Tales and Folklore of Japan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by David McKay. Ancient Tales and Folklore of Japan by Richard Gordon Smith. The Dragon Shaped Plum Tree. In the year 1716 of the Kyoho era, 191 years ago, there lived at Momoyama Fushimi an old gardener, Hambei, who was loved and respected for his kindliness of nature and his great honesty. Though a poor man, Hambei had saved enough to live on, and he had inherited a house and garden from his father. Consequently, he was happy. His favorite pastime was tending the garden, and an extraordinarily fine plum tree, known in Japan as of the furio kind, which means lying dragon. Such trees are of great value and much sought after for the arrangement of gardens. Curiously enough, though one may see many beautiful ones, trees growing on mountains or on wild islands, they are very rarely touched except near the larger commercial centers. Indeed, the Japanese have almost a veneration for some of these fantastic furio-shaped trees, and leave them alone whether they be pines or plums. The tree in question Hambei loved so much that no offer people could make would induce him to part with it. So notoriously beautiful were the tints and curves of this old stunted tree. Large sums had many times been offered for it. Hambei loved it not only for its beauty, but also because it had belonged to his father and grandfather. Now, in his old age, with his wife in her dotage and his children gone, it was his chief companion. In the autumn he tended it in its untidiness of dead and dying leaves. He felt sorry and sympathetic for it in its cold and bare state in November and December. But in January he was happily employed in watching the buds which would blossom in February. When they did bloom, it was his custom to let the people come at certain hours daily to see the tree and listen to stories of historical facts and also to stories of romance regarding the plum tree of which the Japanese mind is ever full. When this again was over, Hambei pruned and tied the tree. In the hot season he lingered under it smoking his pipe, and was often rewarded for his care by two or three dozen delicious plums, which he valued and loved as much, almost, as if they had been his own offspring. Thus, year after year, the tree had become so much Hambei's companion that a king's ransom would not have bought it from him. Alas, no man is destined to be let alone in this world. Someone is sure sooner or later to covet his property. It came to pass that a high official at the emperor's court heard of Hambei's furio tree and wanted it for his own garden. This Dainagan sent his steward, Kotara Naruse, to see Hambei with a view to purchase, never for a moment doubting that the old gardener would readily sell if the sum offered were sufficient. Kotaro Naruse arrived at Momoyama Fushimi, and was received with due ceremony. After drinking a cup of tea, he announced that he had been sent to inspect and make arrangements to take the Furio plum tree for the Dainagan. Hambei was perplexed. What excuse for refusal should he make to so high a personage? He made a fumbling and rather stupid remark, of which the clever steward soon took advantage. On no account, said Hambei, can I sell the old tree? I have refused many offers for it already. 
I never said that I was sent to buy the tree for money, said Kotaro. I said that I had come to make arrangements by which the Dainagon could have it conveyed carefully to his palace, where he proposes to welcome it with ceremony and treat it with the greatest kindness. It is like taking a bride to the palace for the Dainagon. Oh, what an honor for the plum tree to be united by marriage with one of such illustrious lineage. You should indeed be proud of such a union for your tree. Please be counseled by me and grant the Dainagon's wish. What was Hambei now to say? Such a lowly-born person asked by a gallant samurai to grant a favor to no less a person than the Dainagon. Sir, he answered, your request in behalf of the Dainagon has been so courteously made that I am completely prevented from refusing. You must, however, tell the Dainagon that the tree is a present, for I cannot sell it. Kotaro was greatly pleased with the success of his maneuvers, and, drawing from his clothes a bag, said, Please, as is customary on making a gift, accept this small one in return. To the gardener's great astonishment, the bag contained gold. He returned it to Kotaro, saying it was impossible to accept the gift. But on again being pressed by the smooth-tongued samurai, he retracted. The moment Kotaro had left, Hambei regretted this. He felt as if he had sold his own flesh and blood, as if he had sold his daughter to the Dainagon. That evening he could not sleep. Towards midnight his wife rushed into his room, and, pulling him by the sleeve, shouted, "'You wicked old man! You villainous old rascal! At your age, too! Where did you get that girl? I have caught you! Don't tell me lies! You are going to beat me now, I see by your eyes. I am not surprised if you avenge yourself in this way. You must feel an old fool!' Hambai thought his wife had gone off her head for good this time. He had seen no girl. "'What is the matter with you, Oba-san?' he asked. "'I have seen no girl, and do not know what you are talking about.' "'Don't tell me lies. I saw her. I saw her myself when I went down to get a cup of water.' "'Saw... saw... what, what do you mean?' said Hambai. "'I think you've gone mad talking of seeing girls.' "'I did see her. I saw her weeping outside the door.' and a beautiful girl she was you old sinner only seventeen or eighteen years of age hambei got out of bed to see for himself whether his wife had spoken the truth or had gone truly mad on reaching the door he heard sobbing and on opening beheld a beautiful girl who are you and why here asked hambei i am the spirit of the plum tree which for so many years you have tended and loved, as did your father before you. I have heard, and grieve greatly at it, that an arrangement has been made whereby I am to be removed to the Dainagon's gardens. It may seem good fortune to belong to a noble family, and an honor to be taken into it. I cannot complain, yet I grieve at being moved from where I have been so long, and from you, who have so carefully tended to my wants. Can you not let me remain here a little longer, as long as I live. I pray you, do. I have made a promise to send you off on Saturday to the Dainagon in Kyoto, but I cannot refuse your plea, for I love to have you here. Be easy in your mind, and I will see what can be done, said Hambei. The spirit dried its tears, smiled at Hambei, and disappeared, as it were, into the stem of the tree. 
while Hanbei's wife stood looking on in wonder, not at all reassured that there was not some trick on her husband's part. At last, the fatal Saturday on which the tree was to be removed arrived, and Kotaro came with many men and a cart. Hanbei told him what had happened, of the tree's spirit, and of what it had implored of him. Here, take the money, please, said the old man. Tell the story to the Dainagan as I tell it to you, and surely he will have mercy. Kotaro was angry and said, How has this change come about? Have you been drinking too much sake, or are you trying to fool me? You must be careful, I warn you, else you shall find yourself headless. Even supposing the spirit of the tree did appear to you in the form of a girl, did it say that it would be sorry to leave your poor garden for a place of honor in that of the Dainagon? You are a fool, and an insulting fool. How dare you return the Dainagon's present? How could I explain such an insult to him, and what would he think of me? As you are not keeping your word, I will take the tree by force, or kill you in place of it. Kotaro was greatly enraged. He kicked Hanbei down the steps, and, drawing his sword, was about to cut off his head, when suddenly there was a little puff of wind, scented with plum blossom, and then there stood in front of Kotaro the beautiful girl, the spirit of the plum tree. "'Get out of my way, or you'll get hurt!' shouted Kotaro. "'No, I will not go away. You had better kill me, the spirit that has brought such trouble, instead of killing a poor innocent old man,' said the spirit." I don't believe in the spirits of plum-trees, said Kotaro. That you are a spirit is evident, but you are only that of an old fox, so I will comply with your request, and at all events kill you first. No sooner had he said this than he made a cut with his sword, and he distinctly felt that he cut through a body. The girl disappeared, and all that fell was a branch of the plum-tree, and most of the flowers that were blooming. Kotaro now realized that what the gardener had told him was true, and made apologies accordingly. I will carry this branch to the Dainagon, said he, and see if he will listen to the story. Thus was Hambei's life saved by the spirit of the tree. The Dainagon heard the story, and was so moved that he sent the old gardener a kind message, and told him to keep the tree and the money, as an expression of his sorrow for the trouble which he had brought about. Alas, however, the tree withered and died soon after Kotaro's cruel blow, and in spite of Hambei's care. The dead stump was venerated for many years. End of chapter 51 Recording by David McKay